Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that, yeah, well, it's not feeling very well really. Uh, once again, I commend you all for tuning in this week after another horror show against the Cardinals, uh, where we lost to another winless team, this time 26-23, with a buzzer beater uh, after an improbable comeback that tied the game. So thank you so much for... Uh, tuning in really I mean uh, how long do we keep talking about football and just do this as a regular entertainment show I've no idea Uh, really a big shout out to everyone who turned up to support the team in the stadium all three of you and who interacted with us on our Bengals UK online tailgate I know it's tough but we are a community so um, we've got to stick together haven't we, really? Uh, my name's Paul Hirons, and joining me in the sewing room is none other than the cheese to my onion, the salt to my vinegar, the prawn to my cocktail, and the spicy to my knickknacks. It's Nathan Palmer, everybody. How you doing, Paul? Um, I know both of us feeling a little bit, uh, a bit glum tonight. You know, it's one heartbreak after another, isn't it, with the Bengals at the moment? Yes, it really is, and... Uh... I don't know where to start again. I was out of my seat, mate. Were you? I was out of my seat. I was going, come on. I was going, you know, there might have been a few obscenities <laughs> thrown in there. I would imagine there Because I was like less, uh, less like, I'm not going to swear because our US guests don't always like the swearing. <laughs> I was going absolutely mad. I was like, let's, t- let's have them now. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's have them now. Let's get get a win on the ball. I was pumped up yeah. when Dalton threw that, threw that ball to Tyler Boyd yeah. to tie it up there. Two good drives. Slammed them down the throat. Fair play to the crowd who stayed there. There's a lot of people that stayed. They were quite loud at the end. They wanted them to win. I know, I know Scott Gibb was there. Bless him. And uh, oh, six and one. He's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. And I thought we'd have them. And then it just felt like the biggest punch to the stomach. All the air out of the balloon for them just to roll down the field like that. So which one was worse, Buffalo or this one? Oh, I don't this know. One. Buffalo. I think that was more meaningful because if you turn them over, you're still relevant. I think even if we beat the Cardinals, as negative as it is to say, I still think at one and four, you're, yeah, you're in the midst a bit. And the Cardinals are a bad team. The Bills are quite good, as we know now. So yeah. probably more against the Bills is a bit more relevant, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's still a, a punch to the stomach, wouldn't it? Because we didn't play well. But, you, you know, this team could be 3-2 and two if it was if it was a scandalous sort of holding its nerve in the key moment type team. You know, we had chances against Seattle. We had chances against um, Buffalo. We were head against Buffalo. We tied up against the Cardinals at the end. If you just add some balls on you, you could be 3-2 and two in another universe. I mean, they're probably not good enough to be 3-2. Uh, are we talking kind of alternate universes no, here already? No. Parallel but it's, but it's, just, it's a close game, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's a close game. There's been it's a, a game of inches, Nathan. Yeah, and I mean, it's just... I, and I don't know what's <laughs> happening for us at the moment, but it's just not falling in the right place. We're not playing well. I no. don't doubt that. I think there's a lot of talent that we're devoid of. Yeah. But we still just ain't getting those key moments we're still in these games you know three of those games out of the five we've really had a good chance in yeah. and we probably on a good day could have taken them and I just that's the thing for me it's just holding the nerve taking your opportunities you know sort of seizing the moment that's you know right. what I mean yeah yeah all those cliches what do you take from it? Yeah, exactly <laughs> what, what do you take from the game son I don't know my head is reeling really because I, I found it got a really... nice shirt on tonight I must thanks, say before we get too much. into the game yeah thanks, it's son. a nice shirt that do you want me to tell the listeners what you bowled up as <laughs> Nathan's been playing squash this evening and he's... Racquetball. Racquetball. And he's turned up in his kit. 
uh, squash kit. He mildly turned on with his legs out. So That's right, yeah. Luckily, you've got them tucked <laughs> under the table. Or else, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, no, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, I think it was probably one of the worst games I've seen for a long time. In terms of the overall In quality. In terms of, of quality. Game, yeah, and yeah. not just, I'm just talking objectively. Mm. You know, both teams committed some ridiculous penalties. Yeah. There was some... Good moments, some good play on both sides of the ball, but on you know offense and defense. Um, then there was periods of, of ineptness. You know, chuck one of your fancy words. In couldn't there. couldn't convert in the red zone. Both teams yeah. missed field goals. It was like it's like an episode of it's a knockout <laughs> combined with I, I don't know what you know it was ridiculous man and it was just re- a really poor watch and then I mean we didn't deserve to win it I don't think no, even if we'd have gone down I mean it reminded me actually of two games recent games the Miami game last year where yeah. we were pretty much outplayed for three quarters and somehow, thanks to two defensive touchdowns, you remember um, yeah, Hubbard and the much, Michael Johnson. The much-missed yeah, yeah. Michael Johnson. Um, <laughs> uh, and her, an old mother, obviously. Um, he They both scored, didn't they? And then they turned it around out of nowhere, and it yep. was ridiculous. And then when, you know, they the Bengals scored with two minutes to go, it turned into Pittsburgh last year, where we kind of scored. I mean, you can't legislate for scoring too early because yeah. you, you've got to score, right? That's the bottom line, especially when you're a touchdown down. Yeah. But then, you know, it left them two minutes to to do what they did and, you know, the way our defence was playing. Sometimes we were pretty good up the middle, but again, on the perimeters, we were just, you know, sorely lacking. Um, sideline to sideline, we just haven't got it, I don't think. There's no speed, is it? There's no real speed. We're sort of outmanned, outgunned on the flanks, and teams know where to attack. These us. quarterbacks that are, 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 are agile, like your Russell Wilsons, your Kyler Murrays, we've come up against. We've got Lamar Jackson next week. They just cause us some real Brilliant. headaches. That should be fun next week. They shouldn't just cause us some real headaches with that movement. And you look at that play that set the Cardinals up for that field goal to win the game. Yes. You know the commentators are saying, "Look, this you know empty set. He, the geezer drops back. He's like they're going to run this, and Kyler Murray just scoots." through yeah. that for defence, goes for 25 yards, chip shot field goal. And it's the Cardinals made Chris Spielman sound like Tony Romo yesterday, <laughs> didn't they, which is saying something. Um, our old friend Jay Morrison at Jay Morrison Ath, um, he tweeted out a stat this afternoon. In terms of total yards allowed, this is the worst Bengals defence in franchise history through five games. God, believe in it. What's odd and not at all a prediction is that three of the ten worst on this list ended up being playoff teams, which is interesting. Just shows you what can happen. But, I mean, that's saying a lot when you consider what was going on with Terrell Austin last... last uh, and the Cardinals, who are look to me like a 3-4 win team, uh, racked up 500 yards against yeah, us. shocking. Yesterday. I mean, that was pretty, pretty at home bad. as well. Do you and know what I mean? and yet home. it all started so well. You know, that first drive, Mixon was like, I think it was like 60 yards on eight. Yeah, you yeah. Know, ridiculous. And I thought, you know, he's going to run for 200 yards here. Today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Dalton fired one in and Auden Tate slipped through his fingers. Should have had, it, yeah. Should have had that. That was a Dal- touchdown. Dalton ain't been playing well, but he ain't been helped out. He no, has not no, been I agree, helped out this season. He's really, and you know, 
we don't, and we're not going to get into a Dalton chat now, but you do feel that people have just dropped in like balls at inopportune times. You think about Tyler Eif against yeah. Pittsburgh, had two hands on it. Alden Tate gets two hands on that. He catches it. He walks in for a touchdown. Even at the end, I know Dalton played a bad pass to Tyler Eif. That he was him a out. bad pass, yeah. Eif probably still should have caught that, I think. I don't think I, so. I, I think it would have been a hard it. catch, but I think he could have had it. I For the first time yesterday, I did... Because I was watching Eifert a bit, because one of the things that the the broadcast booth guys were talking about was uh, the fact that um, the Cardinals had a real weakness against tight ends and we weren't really using any tight ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just one of the more curious approaches to yesterday's game from the coaching staff. Um, but they became a little bit more involved in the second half. And I was watching Eifert and I'd read on Twitter and stuff like that, you know, people were saying he looks a bit slow this year. Mm. And... I did notice that. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he's a spent force by any stretch of the imagination, but I did think he looked a little bit off the pace yesterday. Um, so Which we'll is see. not surprising, is it, really? I mean, he's no. he's a bit older in the tooth now. He's coming off a lot of injury setbacks. I'm sure in his mind he's still cautious about, you know, going 100% in and making yeah. some pretty hard cuts and getting it. I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe it'll come back. I mean... It's just how he's used, isn't yeah. it? I mean, really, you've just got to use him situationally. Uzama's missing some key blocks on the line. I mean, he is being asked to kind of block tight end. I mean, defensive ends sometimes, yeah, yeah, which yeah. doesn't help. But he's missing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of blocks I've noticed. Um, Gio Bernard's not getting used, and it annoys me. Yeah, I know. I just wish he could. I mean, you sign him to this contract. I'd understand if you hadn't done that and you were just sort of thinking, you know what, because Gio's getting on a bit now. You know, he's a good player. He's a fan favourite. Yeah, yeah. He's getting a bit himself older. And so if you think Mixon's a good, you know, he's our clear number one running back. So you give Bernard some decent money. And I was thinking this is quite exciting because, you know, we're down AJ Green at the moment with a pass catch. You're down John Ross you know, as a pass catch. Your only real credible sort of, you know, established wide receiver threats, Tyler Boyd, fine. Get get Geo in there. Run yeah, him out I wide agree. sometimes. Like, you know, run him in a few options. The way, I tell you a perfect example of an offense I was watching last night where Geo could be utilized is Austin Eckler for the Chargers. Yeah. He caught about 10 passes last night to Giza. Nothing special, just sort of out to the right. He's just sort of a check down option if no one's open further downfield. I think Geo's a better player than Eckler. So it's hard yeah. to know why, you know, they can't... And I'm not saying, you know, it's as easy as that. But I don't see why you pay him the money if you've used him as little as you have. I think he's got less than 100 yards through five and games. And when he was on the... No touchdowns. When, when he was on the field in the second half and on the same at the same time as Mixon, they kind of made things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was such a weird thing to me because I thought the offensive line did okay yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you, you consider that Andre Smith went out and John Jerry came in, which is... Who's that? Your fourth string left tackle? He's not yeah, even yeah. a tackle, really. Uh, a guy who's been out of the league. A guy who's seventy all pro though, seventy four years old. Um, <laughs> you know, and he did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they they gave Dalton some nice pockets and mm. enough time to to manoeuvre. So it's definitely better. Definitely better. Um, so the question is, why the hell weren't were they so? In, why the hell could they not after that first drive? Could they not move the ball? Yeah, yeah. And I've got no answers to that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it is a case of, you know, with John Ross out now for God knows how long, because that's a nasty injury that he's got. Yeah. 
AJ back probably in a couple of weeks. Who knows? Yeah, I just want to see AJ back for Wembley, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Being very selfish, you want to see but AJ. You do. Back. I mean, it, that's that's what three weeks now. It's not long. Yeah, and I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility. No. Um, I wonder if he, he might. You know, he's he's been doing drills and whatnot. So we'll have to wait and see. But you know, it's it was a head scratcher because there were some decent plays and decent things going on yeah say Mixon ran the ball really well in that first drive the offensive line was doing it Trey Hopkins looked quite good last night I thought and there's one double block he did was just sensational actually one play I can't remember what the play it was but it was really really good um and then you have to scratch your head and say why why are they so inconsistent and then of course you get to I do wonder whether it's the play calling Mm. I do wonder because, I mean, Zach Taylor has come out and said, you know, he's not calling enough pl- good plays. You know, so I know that's coach speak because he doesn't want to throw his players under the bus. And we, we see it with managers in football over here. Mm. You know, they don't want to have a go at that. And, it, it, you know, there's normally trouble. If you start having a go at your plays in press conferences, then <laughs> that normally tell you, tell you there's, there's not a lot of love lost between no, players no. and coaches. So he's doing his best. And you hear of stories that he went round each individual player in the locker room after the game and kind of G'd them up and gave them a hug and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, man management, I'm sure he's absolutely great, but there were some curious things going on last night, not least that fourth and oh, one. Mate. Where, um, I thought that was a busted call. I, well, thought, I, it was like, I, I thought like Dortmund was supposed to hand it off and the mix and started blocking and Dortmund was just like, oh shit, that had to run it. Mm. But, I mean, that's it's a crazy Well, you do look call. at the play now. I mean, that was shotgun. On oh, no, one. no, no, no. I mean, I know everyone's saying it, but... With a it, bad line. With a bad offensive line. Do you, you know what I mean? If you, you, you had a really good yeah. line with like a bunch of maulers and you said, look, we've yeah. got this. Mixon's a big guy. He's going to lead block. We, we get over the line. Or if you want to go for once, you know, once in the season, go eye formation and stick hub, old Mother Hubbard in yeah, there exactly. as a fullback. As he's done before. You know, anything, but ju- you just... You don't know, need to get cute like that, do you? No, I, I think maybe... What they were aiming for was almost like a almost like a play action on a run, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So they yeah, were yeah. going to fake it to Mixon uh, and draw fire, and then Dalton would have a bit of a lane to run. Of course, it just, it was just a complete mess. And you look at it now on the highlights, and you know people were in the wrong position. They were bumping into each other. They didn't they didn't quite know what they were doing. And I yeah. think that might be it. They haven't quite got the communication between... They haven't quite got the communication from the coaches to the players and the players aren't executing it, the plays, well enough just yet because it's all kind of new. That's me making excuses. Yeah. Um, I just... The one thing that's been... I think I touched on this last week. The one thing that's notably been missing for me is the lack of aggression and creativity. I just feel like at times this season, there's, you know, you'd have liked to see them be a little bit more aggressive. Do you know what I mean? Like when they get down to the red zone, just take a few more shots, maybe go for it on fourth down, maybe a few fake punts. You know, when the time is right, I mean, you look at Los Angeles where Zach Taylor come over from, I don't like to always, you know, bang that Sean McVay drum like everyone else likes to, but, you know, they that was a, they did a lot of them over at the Rams. You know, Johnny Hecker and the fake punts running and throwing them. And, you know, I've just, there's been a few times, you're an 0-4 team, you're now an 0-5 team. It's like, 
at times it's like I think the fans will forgive you for you know trying a bit of trickery, trying a bit yeah. of aggression, and you know just saying, look, let's see what we can do here. Let's try and spark something because at the moment it just feels flat. It feels but like I, I think he's forcing the run. I know I think mm. he likes. I think he's used to having bloody Todd Gurley. You know, ploughing it up the middle to set up the play action for Jerry Goff. Well, I do think that Mixon and Gurley are comparable in skill sets. Um, but what's not comparable in skill sets are the, the two offensive lines. Although yeah. the Rams' offensive line hasn't been as highly rated this year as last year. Um, I know what you mean, though. It's just, it's just all the creativity that we were promised. Um, we're not getting at all. No, I mean, it's, like, yeah. It's the teams who, pl- who are playing us are exhibiting all the all the. Oh, yeah, that play yesterday with Carla Murray, who throws it out to Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald throws it back to him when they get. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. not the, most, you know, the most successful player in the world, but it's like it keeps you honest a bit. Some of these quarterback runs, mm. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? It is hard, Nathan. Uh, it's very hard. It's a tough hard. old life, Paul, isn't it? Oh, man. You don't, you don't know the half of it. Now, if you're a regular listener, you must uh, remember last week, you must do, that I said we have something a little bit different uh, for this week. We don't have an interview guest. We have a musical guest. Um, uh, And it's a session. We've got a full session, uh, which means I can live out my fantasy of being a proper radio DJ who plays records, mate. Um, (laughs) A month ago, uh, yeah, it was about a month or so ago, a guy called Nicholas Johnson, who's a Cincinnati native who now lives in Milan, Italy. I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, got Fair in touch. Yeah, time. I know, right? Got in touch and asked if we could publicise some of the live dates he's playing in the UK later this month. So I said, of course, yes, definitely. But then I asked him, how about recording a few of your numbers? Is that what DJs call music music songs these days? Numbers? Tracks? Yeah, I'll go with it, Cuts? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, no, this is not one extra or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, send us a couple of your t- uh, tunes and we'll play them out in the podcast in as if you've recorded a, an actual session for us, which is kind of have recorded uh, some songs for us. So here we are. Um, so uh, here's the first one in session from Nicholas Johnson and it's called Firewater. Sensei Hey guys, my name's Nicholas Johnson. Hope to see you in London for the game and the shows. Mingles UK, this one's for you. Who day? And that was Nicholas Johnson, uh, the first from him in session tonight. Look at this podcast. We're doing everything we can to sort of distract from the football. I know, honestly. Last week we had the accents. We've got some beautiful ensembles this evening. You know what I mean? We're going, God, where are we going to be next when we're 0 Well, exactly. I think, I think that the worse the team does, the, the, the farther away from football we should get, I think. 0-10, um, there's going to be keys in the bowl. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. Um, but yeah, thanks to Nicholas. We've got two more tracks from him uh, later in the show. Uh, so, but you know, I suppose we had to go back to the game. Really, uh, you know, we've all watched it again. There's no point in sort of raking it over. And can I uh, make a point? No, go, Defense well. is shocking. It is bad overall. And I think I've said this before, and I'm posing you a question. Go on again. Go on. Why is it so bad? Why, when you've got that defensive line, there's these people. Someone's got, and I know it's easy to point the finger at the linebackers. You shouldn't have, no, no offense to him at all, but like Leroy Reynolds should not be starting and getting snaps on that team. Do you know what I mean? Over like, Jermaine Pratt as well. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It's yeah, like it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see what I mean. It tells you what they think of Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, Leroy <laughs> Reynolds. But like, what's going on? 
You got Geno Atkins, you got Dunlap, you got Hubbard, old mother, you got yeah. you know, all these Ryan players. Gl- it's Glasgow. relatively healthy on the defensive side of the ball. There's not really that yeah, many yeah, games yeah, yeah. missing. You've got William Jackson, who's first round pick, everyone was, you know, loving Jesse Bates, always, you know, gonna pro football focus, loves him, he's yeah. best safety through ten minutes. What's going on? Because you've had all these coordinators. You've had Marv, you've had um, Tavon, uh, Tavon Austin. To, um, <laughs> He's doing well for himself, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> you know, you got... Um, Terrell Austin. Terrell Austin. <laughs> Terry Austin. Sorry, I got, got confused with all the Austins knocking about yeah, 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 yeah. And now you've got Luana Rumu. And it's, it's a shambles with all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had that one good half against Seattle and I, my, you know, I, my balls are swelling up with that defence okay. Russell Wilson was all like he's image. running for his life he's getting decked they were furious the crowd was silent and I was like finally yeah. someone is making best use yeah. of this defence yeah. someone's smashing it out for him and look at the state of it now we're back to where we were 31st rated defence you're oh, saying yeah. it's historically bad we're giving up 400 yards a game on average it's shocking Someone's got to take some accountability. It can't just be It's like, a word that Zach keeps using, isn't it? Accountability. Yeah, it is. But I know, I, I do think... Someone's Anna, head's got to fall when you're playing like that on defence. Oh, fighting talk, though. Yes, though. Get him in the tower. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it Anarumu? Do you say, Lou, what's yeah. going on? Lou. Do you know what I mean? Like, someone's got to be like... There's, there's players with what you, talent, what are you apparently. Do? What are you going to do, Lou? That's the that's the. We have a segment. What are you going to do, Lou? Yeah, I think we should from next week. Um, well, if we go back to our old uh, uh, Chummington, Jay Morrison, he's uh, he's listed where we stand in overall rankings. Um, total offense twenty sixth, rush offense thirty first. Quite shocking, that is. Pass offense tenth. I know. Scoring offense twenty ninth. Rush defense thirty first. Rush, sorry, total defense thirty first. Rush defense thirty first. Pass defense seventeen. Scoring defense twenty seven. Turnover margin is tied at twenty ninth. So not great really across the board. There's a few sort of bright spots there, but um, well, there's I, a point in those stats I want to come back to. But go on, answer my question. What's wrong? What's happened with this defence? It's it don't and try not to just say, oh, it's a linebacker. It's got to be saying else. It is the linebackers, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I think it is a mixture of things. I think players have regressed and they're not playing well. And there's a question: is oh, throw some names out there? Well, Jesse Bates. You looked at that. Uh, the I can't even remember his name. The backup running back who scampered in from thirty odd yards yesterday. I mean, who's that geezer running in? You know what I mean? I mean, was, he looked a bit tasty yesterday, but we made him All look a bit tasty. Backup running back. That geezer from the 49ers, you know. I what know, I mean? he did, didn't he? He's bought a house off the back of that. He's got like, multiple endorsement deals <laughs> off the back of our game. Um no, he tried to tackle this backup running back whose name I can't remember. <laughs> and he just basically just took a really bad angle and yeah. just missed him with his... Tried to tackle him with his chin, I seem to remember, which is on the floor, which is mm. not a good not a good way to tackle, I don't think. No, but Jesse's, Jesse seems to be... I think it's the... I think, I think it's Sean pro- Williams is bad. Well, I thought he did all right yesterday, actually. Whoa. I thought he played quite well. And he was making a lot of plays because he had to. And I think that's it. They're just bypassing... The line, you know, just think we've got a cu- two linebackers there, right? Um, and he's still dropping Hubbard and Dunlap and Billings into coverage. Man, that's man. not good. No, that's not going to happen. That's not going to work. Sorry, is it really? No. So I think they're being targeted a lot more. But and I think you know it's a loss of confidence. It's a new scheme that isn't working. 
you know, I don't know. I mean, as I say, I thought the defensive line did sort of okay, but they weren't getting any pressure on the quarterback whatsoever. No. And that's how you slow someone like Kyler Murray down. If you're getting to him, you're knocking him down. It, it gets in his head a bit. And I think... That's what we're not, you know, I don't, and I don't understand it because the Cardinals' offensive line is supposed to be pretty poor. It's supposed to be sort of pieced together yeah. a little bit. And I was you know, watching... they're down Christian Kirk, yes, yeah. who was one of their better players. <clears throat> Larry Fitzgerald, like unbelievable, one of the you know greatest receivers of all time. But he's thirty six. He's not going to you know beat mm. beat you for speed down the field. I mean, they've got Pharaoh Cooper, who we got rid of catching balls down the middle. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can't be giving up these big plays to Pharaoh Cooper, who we were cutting a few weeks well, ago. Well, that's what I mean. It's scheme they. They've exploited our weaknesses. Well, they've identified weaknesses and they're exploiting them. They're, yeah. They've just, they just, they just know how to attack us, which is around the outside because we can't contain. And you know our cornerbacks. Although I thought Dre was fairly good in in sort of in tackling yesterday, uh, he made some nice stops. But and they kept apart from. Fitzgerald, they kept the receivers pretty quiet yesterday, so I'm not going to have too much of a go about the quarterbacks, but they, they're just gaping holes on each. I mean, they just can't set the edges, and that's going to be trouble next week against Baltimore because we're against Jackson yeah. and Mark Ingram as yeah. well. It's, um, quite, it's funny, isn't it, because at the start of the season, everyone's saying, all oh, the offensive line, they've got fixed a line. The real focus in the off-season was the line. It was linebackers, but it was also mainly the offensive line, and that's where people have been sort of pointing their gun a bit through the first five games. And the, to be fair to the Bengals, a lot of people, you know, don't agree with the decisions. But they, we, like we've said before, they did try and address it. They, you know, they re-signed Bobby Hart. You know, we won't go into that. Yeah. You know, they took um, Williams in the first round to say, right, you know, you know, top ten pick, we're going to go out and get a tackle. Right, fair enough. You know, yeah. fine. You bring in John Miller from Buffalo again. Okay, you know, relative starter. Fine. So they did try and address it. It wasn't like they just like ah, I don't matter. The linebackers, I just don't get it. No. Uh, there wasn't really any attempt to improve that linebacking core. You took a third-round linebacker in Pratt, who, you know, is a third-round linebacker. You can't expect him to come in and make a historically bad defense any, you know, any different. Preston Brown, I mean, he was injured for a lot of last year, but he wasn't great when he started. And then you're basically just saying, yeah, Preston Brown was awful yesterday. Yeah, and I, and I, I just think. To me, it's like that was one of. If you have to criticize the front office, you have to criticize what they were thinking with the linebackers because I don't think that they've certainly not been able to scheme around it. I know they they carried a lot of players light. They're not playing with any injuries. You know, <laughs> God forbid Preston Brown gets injured or you know Pratt gets injured. It's like who, who are you playing? Well, you, I don't know. You bring back Hardy Nickerson or you bring back, <laughs> which seems ridiculous to say. You bring you bring in Jordan Evans, Jordan Evans, <laughs> um, because. Jordan Evans from Scotland. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Australian, actually. Um, but yeah, Joe uh, Joe Goodbury tweeted out yesterday. He he um, obviously he is the uh, he's the uh, US version of Sam Angel. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say something else there, but I won't. Um, he tweeted out uh, how many snaps the 2019 Bengals draft class got yesterday, and it, it when you put it down on paper, when you see your Brian Burns and your Devin Bushes. Yes, I've mentioned Devin Bush just to rub salt into the wounds, Bengals fans. <laughs> Jonah Williams is obviously on the pop list. Drew Sample got 15 snaps. Jermaine Pratt got nine snaps. Obviously, Ryan Fit- Finley got none. Uh, Michael Jordan, 67. And again, sort of struggled at times, I think. 
uh, Ronell Wren inactive, Trayvon Williams inactive. So you're not getting huge amounts of production there from your rookies in a season. After a bad season, surely you want your rookies to to make a big, big impact and just not getting them at the moment. No. It's kind of head scratcher. Um, I don't know. It's it. They don't look like a team who are in rhythm, in sync. They look as though they don't quite know what they're doing. They don't have any confidence. Um, they're not executing well. Um, but apart from that, I think they're on for the playoffs, mate. I do. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot then, is there, really? No, but you do you agree, me, right? No, they, I they completely look- agree with you. And like we said last week, they, we really both said they need a win. As, I know that sounds simple and a stupid thing to say, but I think a win puts into practice oh, they, what they, Taylor's been talking they, about. They, they get that, that will give them so much confidence. Because it's not just this season that they're 0-5. You know, they went 1-3 and in the pre-season, not that it matters a lot, but you go back before that, I mean, I think it was um, Paul Daniel was saying on Twitter, you know, I think the Bengals in their last 16 games are 2-14. and 14. So yeah. this team know it has been losing for a long time. And one of those wins was against Oakland in a complete garbage game. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of last season that no and one... the Raiders won play- yesterday at Tottenham, didn't they? So. Yeah, yeah. But against a bad team. And I think the Bengals, they haven't won a good game in so long now yeah, yeah, yeah. that you just need a win to just be like, right, we can actually do this. Yeah, because yeah. I think otherwise, you know, there's just not, that belief is not there. I mean, I did tweet out rather hastily yesterday, right before the comeback, that um, that this felt a lot like the 90s again. Yeah. I mean, we've already had, th- what is it, three losing seasons, right? I mean, let's face it, it's going to be a fourth this year. And then if you do blow things up and you get a bunch of rookies in... Oh, I know, I know. You know, I know. likely to be better next year, perhaps all being well. Uh, but still, but, you know, you're suddenly you're already five years into... A ten-year cycle of losing, and it's very, very difficult to get out of. Mind you, it's difficult to stay winning, and we did that for a lot of the two thousands. You know, or certainly the the back end. You know, from two thousand five onwards. You know, we had a good run. We had, we did. Yeah, yeah, there's no disputing. Definitely, definitely. Um, I just think the nightmare scenario has happened. Really, I mean, when we were talking when Zach Taylor came on board, we were all excited, but cautiously so because it could it we. Again, I think most Bengals fans knew it could go a number of ways. And I'm not saying that Zach's a failure yet. It's only five games, you know, I'm not at all. But certainly at the moment, the nightmare scenario is now being played out because, you know, Zach could come in and breathe new life, could have come in and breathe new life into this team and, you know, hit the ground running, as they say, and started winning games and it's like, yeah, this is this is exactly what we wanted. This is what what we needed. Or it could have gone off a cliff because of his inexperience. All those naysayers in the in the off season saying that he was too inexperienced, too this, too that. The Bengals haven't replenished their roster enough. And of course, we as Bengals fans obviously erred on the side of the optimistic because it was the first new head coach we've had in sixteen seasons. So. And the way he was talking, he came on this podcast and mm. he promised that he's going to be bringing a good team to London. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, I think he might be hoisted by his own petard at that at that one. But, um, and it, but it's obviously gone the other way. It's the nightmare scenario. It is. And I'm not saying that he won't do well. He, you know, there's still loads of time left. And he's not going to get fired after this season. But um, 
So yeah, it is a nightmare scenario and it is depressing. I think it's I think for the Bengals fans right now, what you'd want to be seeing, I mean what you'd want to be seeing is with a winning record, but I think realistically with all the injuries and stuff like that that's happened and you know the situation that we're in now, you would want to be seeing a team that was at least 2 and 3. And I think if they were 2 and 3 even now after what we've seen, if we'd managed to sneak a game off Buffalo and you'd won yesterday, you're two and three, and there've been some exciting plays, and you know, player, you'd seen some improvement from players. And I think that's the key thing that would yeah. make me excited as a fan. If Jesse Bates was playing at a Pro Bowl level, John Ross was fit and healthy, and he has looked good, John Ross, but he was still healthy and he was consistent, and he looked like he'd seriously been improved. And Taylor had, you know, utilised him more in the game plan. It was like, right, this is exciting now. Alden Tate had stepped up. Maybe even Drew Sample had 100 yards to his name. You'd be saying, this is exciting. Like, we're not expecting 10 and 6, 11 and 5. We're, you know, I don't care if we finish 8 and 8 this season, but you, the team looks like it's improving. There's some good football played. Zach Taylor's a rookie. You've got two <coughs> rookie coordinators. You say, fair enough. But I think you're, you're virgin at this point with five losses down. You've got Baltimore next week. You know, you're virgin on if you don't win more than two games, saying this has been a real disaster. Because as bad as Marvin was, and I don't want to start bringing Marvin in too much as a comparison, he never lost more. He never went, he always won at least four games. Yeah. And I think of all the seasons he was there, they only lost more than seven about three or four times. Mm. And he, he went through rebuilds, he went through this, he went through that, he had injuries. You know, it's the same front office that were frugal and free agency, etc., etc. So I think for Taylor to come in and win le- less than two or three games... I think would be a really bad response. I think you've hit the nail there. I think if 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 we, uh, I mean, we were terrific against Seattle, really, and we didn't, for some reason, get that win. I don't know. Still, don't know how we quite did that. Um, but you know, we haven't shown any real signs of improvement. It's just no. a, it's been several steps back, and when yeah. you consider how kind of horrible we were last year that's saying something really. yeah but anyway it's time now for the next song in session from nicholas johnson the cincinnati native who now lives in milan italy uh who uh who makes fine music and he sent us some specially recorded tracks for us to play on the podcast uh and it's the second from nicholas uh and it's called the night is ours cincinnati that was song number two from Nicholas Johnson, The Night Is Hours. And a bit later on, uh, I'll give you the live dates he's playing in the UK, which coincidentally is in and around the um, uh, the Rams game. So kind of from about mid-October onwards. Um, it's warming my heart, these songs. Is it? Yeah, I saw you tapping your... <laughs> Slapping your naked thighs there in your short trousers. <laughs> At least I th- think it was your thighs under the table. I just said the slapping noises. Anyway, let's get to our correspondence. And of can, course, can I just say something I've observed tonight? Yes. So, like, through the, you know, the start of the season, I come in here and you've got your two little cans of beer and then yeah. crafty, nice beers. You know, they're for, oh, I've got this from Hackney Brewery. It's always a, pe- it's a peachy IPA. I come in peachy. here tonight, the geezer's got a big can of Cronenberg, pint can. Yeah, I'm That's no all he's got I can't in his Kicking it back. <laughs> yeah, just, Next week he's yeah. going to have a can of Strongbone and it's oh, going to be a special brew, mate. It's going to be Tenants X Super <laughs> next week. A bit of white lightning. 
I'm getting a massive bottle. I think we should do a drunk podcast again soon. Yeah, we should get absolutely hammered. Yeah, I'm up for that. Let's go down to the pub, have a couple, and then get on the just podcast on two the, or three deep. Just get, get on about the five or six deep. <laughs> get, call Zach up. <laughs> Oi. Call Jeff up. I was, I've got Jeff's number, actually. Anyway, let's get to our correspondence. Of course, you can get hold of us um, at whoday underscore UK on Twitter and Bengals UK on Facebook. And we do appreciate your correspondence because, you know, let's face it, it's horrible talking about the Bengals at the moment. So we've got to keep, keep this community going as strong as possible. Why? Because it's a laugh, and it really? Let's face it. Mm. Forget the football. It's just a bit of a laugh. Um, Martin Caladine at Ugly Game. That was the worst defeat yet. Arizona are really weak. It's getting problematic for Taylor now. I didn't expect us to do well this year. Four or five wins max, but no coach can survive three or fewer wins in one in year one, regardless of the talent available. We are bad, but not this bad. Uh, a question to you: Where does this team rank in the top five worst Bengals teams of your lifetime? Martin, you really want me to go back in time and excavate the 90s. There's no chance. I've put them to bed in the deepest recesses of my mind. I've buried them. I've covered them. I've put them in a lead-lined casket. I've buried them <laughs> 20 foot deep. I am not going down into that pit of hell buried again. Buried below the sewing room in a vault. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But if you are going to ask, obviously it's the start of the 90s. and then Because it was weird at the start of the 90s because they'd just been to the Super Bowl and got to the playoffs in 1990. And then it just all went to complete shite. Mm. And that was confusing as well as crushing. Yeah. It was uh, confusing. What if you, I don't even know what that is. No, nor do I. I just made the word up. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the end of the 90s when Dick LeBeau was on board. When we were going, we were, we were, we were sort of limping and wheezing and crawling to the to the end of the millennium mm. and it should have been like new hope you know everyone's feeling it weren't they like the new hope mm. uh, the internet was on its year way 2000, year 2000 what's that going to bring like you know sexy robots you know and and <laughs> kind of you know, I don't know. Sex kind of robots, did you say? Sexy robots, <laughs> but the same, same thing, really. <laughs> Who knows what the, the new millennium was going to bring, right? Everyone was happy, apart from us Bengals fans, because we were finishing 3-13. and 13. Yeah. So they, they were hard to top. Um, I, I, yeah, it, there's a whiff of the 90s about this sort of scenario, but it's too early to obviously say, because the 90s was obviously a whole decade of hurt and pain, even though... <laughs> you just tuned in now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are sponsored by Gillette Razor Blades, everybody. Uh, no, I mean, even though the night did have some moments, you know, Jeff Blake was really good fun to watch. Carl Pickens and Corey Dillon and, and uh, Darnay Scott and Boomer coming back in 97, you know. So there was a few uh, chinks of light, but uh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, um yeah, I Corey think... Corey Dillon was in the 90s, was he? Yeah. Was he? Yeah, yeah, late 90s. I thought he was early O's. Into the 2000s, then he got traded off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he won a Super Bowl in New England, didn't he? Like every other mm. player. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the thing that was disappointing, or one of the big things that were disappointing yesterday, was the fact that Arizona aren't a great team either. No. And they, they look... We made them look... You know, fantastic in not all game, but you know, in on certain 
offensive series. Peter Dadswell at Dadders. Through five games now, it struck me that the awful fourth-and-a-half-yard attempt by the Bengals against the Cardinals was a microcosm of the Zach Taylor new era. New... <laughs> this is. I've read this message before. It's quite amusing, but this is... It's quite sad. I feel as though I should have some... I might put some music on um, <laughs> in post-production. A tough job. Viagra, son. Get the blue pill in. <laughs> as, a, as a draft guy, I'm struggling to keep the infamous T word out of my mind. Don't say it, Pete. Don't say it. Uh, as we endure each disappointing result and abject performance. Something radical has to happen to get this franchise on the right path, though. Oh, Pete, uh, you know, it's okay, man. It's okay. You know, you've grown up into a good man and, you know, you've got a couple of kids and a... <laughs> Uh, you live in, you know, up there in Sheffield. You've got a good job, and you know, life's turned out all right. Your teenage disappointments, you can just put come that to like you. a sort of like a agony aunt podcast. Isn't Absolutely, it? yeah. Um, He's right though. You probably have got to do something drastic now, and it's a shame because I think all of us, it's like going to be a complete, you know, bringing Taylor on and bringing all these new people in was like an exciting sort of like, oh, it's going to be the same with the same players. So you, you know, we all thought it was going to be exciting and new, but it's not really. No. Honestly, you could have Zach Taylor, might as well be Marvin in an outfit. I mean, you wouldn't know any different. No, there's, I, there's not yeah. one thing so far that I would look at and be like, oh, I can notice that that's obviously and clearly different. Yeah. Nothing. And I think, you know, even Marvin on some of those fourth downs, he used to try and go from towards the end a little bit more and stuff. And, you know, to me, it's like the ineptitude and some of that, I, I would say, yeah, it, it is very similar. So I think, you know, we're talking about the draft. We're not going to talk about um, anything else, but it's going to be probably the biggest draft we've had the most important draft that we've had this year than we've had in 10 years, I would no, say. I agree, I agree. Man Abelhosen at Man Abelhosen. Welcome back to the podcast, man. Uh, frustrated, the roster-building philosophy needs to change. Duke Tobin and his staff need to be perfect drafting. We all know this is unrealistic. The Bengals' philosophy towards free agency needs to change. Amen. S- sign quality free agents to fill in the gaps created by horrible draft classes and of course we've had a couple of horrible draft classes so yeah I think we all know they need to I mean the hope for me was that by appointing uh, maybe this was naive of me I don't know but um, when they appointed Zach Taylor a new you know invigorating head coach you know 16 years old um, <laughs> and he and he speaks really well. He's great with the media. Good GCSE results. Good GCSE. He's just about to sit there, you know. And um, yeah, he came in, certainly talked the talk, didn't he? And he felt like a breath of fresh air. But I think what I maybe wanted the organisation to do was to um, uh, take, you know, a proper look at themselves and maybe change the way they were doing things a little bit. But uh, they haven't, so, you know, what do I know? Mm. Uh, VB at Von Blade. Do we feel that the scheme is good? It's just the players who are lacking? Or do we feel that the scheme isn't helping our desperately limited talent and might be indicative that Taylor isn't the solution? I think the first. I think it's a bit of both, isn't it, at the moment? They obviously, you know, they're not making enough players, which means, you know, pressure falls on on the play caller. And he's admitted as much. He's not calling enough good players. But as I said, the players just aren't executing them often enough. That's the key. It's, I still think they're sort of trying to grapple with... They're trying to find that sort of sweet spot where both you know, play callers and 
talent are kind of comfortable with one another and it's kind of difficult to watch at the moment because it's not very good. Mm. Now, hopefully they can come out the end of it and establish something that both both sides can work with, you know. But at the moment, you know, don't know. I'm going to answer that question with a question Go on. myself. Go on. How would this team look yes. with an experienced head coach? So if you brought a head coach in at the end of the season, so you went and brought in someone like a... Um, Jim Harbour or Jack Del Rio or someone like that that's been around the league, Rex Ryan, I'm, you know, I'm just throwing names out there of experienced coaches that have made the playoffs done well. Someone like that with an experienced veteran or at least someone, an offensive coordinator of experience and DC with experience. He brings his staff in. He's a known name, not necessarily a huge name, but a, you know, a guy that's won before, built teams up. He comes in, he's still got something left in the tank. He's got a full staff. He comes in. How are we getting on now? Difficult to say, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's difficult. Yeah. I but mean, you we, look at Vic Fangio. He's not pulled up any trees in Denver at all, has he? No, he's never been a head coach. before. No, but I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want John Fox. There's a reason why he's out of the game. I wouldn't want uh, Rex Ryan. God help me. No, I would no. not want Rex Ryan. No. But yeah, I, I take your point. I take your point. But the interesting thing that I haven't mentioned yet that I was thinking about the other day, actually yesterday. Um, is that, you know, Mark Duffner was hired as some sort of defensive kind of, you know, assistant guy to go to things weren't going well. And and as we quoted the Jay's stat earlier, things are definitely not going very well. So where, and uh, to me, Anarumu is struggling, you know. what Where is Mark Duffner in all this? You know, yeah, he yeah. should be stepping forward and saying, look, this ain't working, mate. Yeah. We need to do this and do that. Um I take your point about we've got another question about the offense. So let, let's. But the, the one thing I was just going to say as well is like it's an odd situation, isn't it? Because normally when you get a rookie team in, you tend to pair them with like a building, developing team. You know, yes. you tend. Yeah, yeah. So I they think grow this, together. Exactly. Right? So it's like they've done in Arizona. You've got Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. They're both coming yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. It's his quarterback. They're bringing them up. You almost feel like it might have been more suitable for the Bengals if they were hell bent on saying, right, we're going with Dalton. We want to keep the, the core of the team together. We still think it's a good core. You've got good players on either side. They've been pro bowlers. You might almost be, probably would have made more sense to go with someone with experience to sort of win now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Do you know what I mean? I mean, if that was your. I mean, this, this may happen next year. Duke Tobin was scouting some QBs this weekend. Yeah. So you listen to um, Jay and Paul's podcast, Jay Morrison, Paul Daniel Jr.'s, hear that podcast growling, uh, athletic podcast, and they're absolutely convinced, well, Paul is, I think, that they're going to go quarterback next year, but we'll have to wait and see. Nigel Granger at Fleet underscore Risk. As I have said before, we went from 5-0 and to a losing season, so why can't we do the same in reverse? Zach seems a good guy building something great, which will take time. He needs support and toll uh, and tolls to do that. Tolls, hmm. as the saying goes, don't panic. And you know what? I think there is uh, an element of panic because I you, agree. You see teams doing well around us, and you're kind of thinking, why not us? I mean, yes, there is a slight glimmer. If they figure it out and they start playing consistency, I don't know how they're going to do it because they've struggled, obviously. It, you know, they can win sort of five, six games, but to me, that doesn't paper over any cracks, nor should it. You know, I, 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 I 
I'd rather them win, and this will be so people people hate this. I'd rather them win five or six games than win zero and get the first. Oh yeah, me too. But I, I'm what I'm saying is, but even if you win five or six games, that should not paper over any of these cracks. No, no, no. no. But I, I think even if you, what I want to see is some development from the team. It's great to get an early draft pick, but I think the difference between drafting like first, second, third, fourth, and seventh. I mean, yeah, you might get a good quarterback, you might not. There's been a whole host of. I mean, you look at Josh Rosen; that's not worked. There's a whole host of you know, quarterbacks that go first overall. I just want to see the team improve. That's what I want to see. I really don't want to see us just burn into the ground and win one or two games or God forbid none. Tom at uh, Wagat Dub DD, do you think we will improve if Zach Taylor hands play calling duties over to Brian Callahan? It's an interesting question that no none of us know the answer to, I would say. There's no way you do that. I, I don't know. I I'm sort of I'm my initial reaction was to say yes it would because you know it's not working. But let's give him time. Yeah. I mean what you want really you'd want Bill Callahan to come back. Uh, well not to come back but to come over from Washington but he's obviously just named uh been named as interim head coach of the Redskins. Which leads me on nicely to Sean at Shawnee 01. Would anyone be interested in bringing in Jay Gruden till the end of the year to advise Zach with play calling? As no one on the team has called plays before, it might help with stupid decisions like that fourth and one play. Again, my initial reaction says, yeah, bring him in. No. Consultant. It's, it's patronising. Bring him up. Skin up, a few, skin up a few bifters on the sideline and... Um, and just get wrecked, basically. Did you see that thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's quite amusing. Uh, I thought he was quite—he was decent while he was in Cincinnati, and he knows his stuff offensively. He's West Coast. I mean, I would only bring him in if obviously Zach wanted him to, but I wouldn't—I wouldn't say no. it's an awful idea. For I me. think the Bengals have got to stop going back down this. Oh, they used to be good here ten years. Yeah, ago. no, Let's no, but I'm just saying, like, as a bit of a consultant, maybe I don't know, maybe no. I'd, I'd be open to the idea. But I agree, uh, maybe just for this season to help him. Didn't work out, Hugh, did it last year? <laughs> well, I don't quite know what Hugh was doing last year. Really, he was like, "What's he up to now, the geezer?" I think he's uh, working in Hooters, isn't he? <laughs> I think so. Do you know? I keep a sneaky eye on him. the Arizona State Cardinals down don't. at Miles. There, they're doing well, mate. They're ranked twentieth now. I know. Good for them. Uh, right. Uh, before we get back to your correspondence, it's time for the final song from our musical guest Nicholas Johnson and his fantastic band. And I uh, said I was going to mention. Um, here's live dates. Obviously, if you listen to this two weeks from now or three years from now, it's not going to make much uh, sense to you. But this is 2019, children, and uh, the uh, the band and Nick, uh, or Nick and the band rather, is uh, well, is it is or are? Anyway, I guess it's a plural. So they are on tour uh, in the UK, throughout the UK, from. Um, next week actually onwards so if you're in any of these places do go along wear your bengals gear and say hello to nick because i'm going to tell him to give a give anyone in a bengals uniform a shout out at his gig uh so october the 12th he plays the american sorry the america bar in belfast uh october the 14th he goes south to dublin and plays the that iconic brilliant venue Whelan's. on the 16th he's in strathdewey bar in glasgow on the 17th, he comes down to uh, England, where he plays the Santiago Bar uh, in Leeds. And uh, on the 20th, there's a couple of days break, and why not? 
He's uh, at the Radio Radio in Berwick on Tweed. Uh, on the 21st, he's at the Jacaranda Club in Liverpool. I, I quite like the sound of the Jacaranda Club. That's, that's amazing. Um, uh, on the 22nd, uh, so leading up to the Rams game, the week of the Rams game, he's at the Fuel Cafe Bar in Manchester. And then uh, on the 23rd, he's still in Manchester at the Rose and Monkey. On the 24th, he comes all the way down to London uh, to play the Fiddler's Elbow uh, in Camden. I know the Fiddler's Elbow. Yeah, it's just down the That's road from here. It's down the road from here, isn't it? Yeah, we should maybe do a live podcast from there or something. Uh, on the 27th, he's in, which is obviously the night of the game. So if you're, if you get, if you've some miraculous way you get back into London for about nine, ten o'clock, uh, on that night, uh, Nicholas is playing at the Spice of Life in Soho, a fantastic little venue, uh, in in uh, the saucy Soho area. So without further ado, let's listen to uh, the final song, In Session, from our musical guest, our debut, our first ever musical guest, uh, Nicholas Johnson, and this track is called Thundercloud. Cincinnati. That was Nicholas Johnson, and a, a massive thank you to Nicholas for uh, taking the time to record those tunes for us. And uh, and as I say, if you're in Belfast, Dublin, Glasgow, Leeds, Berwick-on-Tweed, Liverpool, Manchester, or London, then do go and see him. As I say, I'm sure he'll give you a shout-out uh, if you're wearing your Bengals gear. He is a Cincinnati native, so he won't think you're weird. Uh, if you want more information, go to nicholasjohnsonmusic.com and uh, all your wishes will come true. So I hope you enjoyed our first ever musical session. Uh, but now the fun must stop because we need to get back to our correspondence. Also, a big shout-out to Nicholas <laughs> for paying us £5,000 for that sponsor placement. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> uh, ben Wintle at Shabba underscore Dabba. Solid handle. I honestly think the schemes are the wrong way around. The defence is trying to be too exotic and the offence isn't exotic and creative enough. We were promised the offence would be creative and the plays in the pre-season were purposely vanilla. The only week it has been creative was week one. Since then, I haven't seen anything like the flea flicker. As for the defence, they need to keep it simple. Lou is overcomplicating it. Let's not get cute with it. Let's get the basics done right. On a side note, this the continued booing is a shame and I feel sorry for the players out there having to suffer it. Let's show them we still support them and try to give them a boost. Um, yeah, I kind Bang of on. agree with that. Um, I don't know about being overcomplicated. I just think it's... Uh, I'm not quite sure. No, I know, I know what he means, though. Dropping like, you know, billions but in that We tried to do that before, dropping Carlos into coverage. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree with the offense. I'm not. I'm not quite. I just don't think it's a good scheme from out of room. It's just not working. So in that respect, yeah, I think he needs to kind of just keep it simple, really. Uh, as for the booing, um, people are totally and absolutely uh, entitled to boo because you know you're paying like eighty quid a ticket. You know what I mean? Tickets going for thirty dollars for that game on stuff. All right, <laughs> maybe twenty quid a ticket then, um, which I'm sure it is now, and you're not gonna. It's not. It's not going to be very difficult to get a ticket at the moment. I don't think. No, but, no. But you know, you are. I don't know. I'm not a booer personally, but I can understand why people do it. But then I do wonder. Um, I don't know. There just there's a lot of stuff brewing. You feel in Cincinnati. And I was talking to a very renowned member of the community today, 
and <laughs> they said it's a bit of a toxic atmosphere at the moment and um and more seriously that the you know their kind of lease or whatever it is yeah, is I was up for renewal. Say, I was reading that. I was reading that. That's a bit well, scary and a bit dark, isn't it? Absolutely. And so you know there is a chance if because you'll you know all the naysayers are coming out of the world work now saying that you know the Bengals aren't va- you know tax they aren't giving good value to taxpayers' money. You know what is it? You know that that a pro sports team and a not a very good one and also a not very good one for a number of years that hasn't won anything. At all, ever. Well, no, they have AFC Championship, you know, in 88, 89. You know, what is the value, you know? But, I mean, this is a separate kind of podcast, really. You can kind of argue uh, the value of a pro sports team to uh, a city, I think, not yeah. in pounds or, or you know, there's, 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 there's intangible stuff yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, no, it is a bit scary. I mean, this is the thing. The Bengals need to pull their finger out because, you know... I don't know. Or maybe Mike Brown doesn't care anymore. And he, he will move on. But I, I don't know. He's been there for so long. The problem is, though, it's not. It's not just a case of Mike Brown. I mean, I don't. I don't know the ins and outs. But it's not just a case of him. I, I believe just sort of saying, "Oh, I'm sticking around. I want to stay put." He's got to negotiate a deal with Hamilton County, and then Hamilton yeah, County quite because right. they, by all accounts, I think the the narrative was that they got screwed over with the last stadium. Yes, that's deal. right. Yes, right. And they've got all these um, this you know improvements on the stadium they've got to make and. You know, yeah. basically, they're a bit saying, you know, they, they could have someone come in and say, you know, we don't want this anymore. And especially, like you said, with the toxic atmosphere in the city, the Bengals have been bad for a couple of years. Sporting-wise, we're not necessarily... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what it's like politically, you know. No, but I think that that's a worry because, the, you know, the team hasn't been great for years. Even when we were winning, it was that sort of classic monkey on the back of like, oh, you know, we can't win a playoff game. So, yeah. you know, that negative atmosphere towards the team has been going on a while now. And yeah. I just think it's such a shame because... Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, no, I I think that's absolutely right. Be careful, and also it's going to be weird for us on you know five thousand miles away because I don't know. I I I've come. What would you to, do if the Bengals win a Sandy? I've been I've been I've been thinking about this, and I still don't know because um, to me it's the Cincinnati Bengals, and and this is the uh, uh, this is the aspect of the NFL that I absolutely hate the Great. fact that teams are allowed to move just because, you know, they should be there for life, really. Completely agree. Because um, it's so devastating for fans and so just Especially ridiculous. you're from that city. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing for us. To, I mean, I suppose you could still obviously follow the team if it left. But if you're a real, like, home, you know, you've been living in San Diego, for example, for the last, mm. you know, 50 years and you've yeah. been a fan for 50 years or whatever, you you know, your team just goes up the road and then out of Los Angeles, like your local rival... You know, you know what's happening here. Yeah, just start a new team in Los Angeles. Or like you're you in know. Oakland, you've been a fan for all these years, and they just ship them over to Vegas for like entertainment and because pure it's money. financials. And, that, exactly. and that's what I hate about the NFL. There's and it's no... just like if you're a fan, if an Oakland Raiders fan, it's like you know, jeez. If you're a kid as well, because you know the Raiders have been all over. They, they were yeah. in LA at one point, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. as well. But like. You know, if you're a kid and you've been supporting that team for 12 years or whatever else, and then they pick up shop and they go over to Vegas, it's like, as a 12-year-old, and you've gone to all the games, you've got all the merchandise, it's like, oh, great. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's no, a I nasty agree. business. It, it is really a nasty is. business. And, um, I mean, I'm, I, I will say this, that, um, you know, being a fan for as long as I have, I'm invested in the city as much as I am yeah, I can, with I agree. the team. I know what you mean. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I'm, I'm lucky enough to have gone to Cincinnati a few times. 
Um, so that makes that bond stronger. Um, I mean, there's a lot of us that are Reds fans. Yeah, you know, right, Reds right. are my baseball team and stuff like that. Or well, the Bearcats, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even FC Cincinnati with the yeah, MLS. Exactly. You know? yeah, so, yeah. you know, if you support a team, you want to know more about the city that you support. Mm. And, and luckily, uh, Cincinnati looks to be a good city on the rise. There's plenty of cool stuff happening. It's a, a nice spot, you know, um, yeah. good people, good food, good booze. It's everything that you kind of wish for, really. So yeah, yeah. it's it's it would be it would be a very especially they just went to some sort of sterile. I mean, if you you look, I was watching that Chargers Broncos game last night. It's a Broncos. It, it was in um, LA as a Chargers home game. Yes. it looked like a Broncos home game. Yeah. You know, the only benefit you've got in Los Angeles, you've got so many people there. You know, expats of other cities. Probably a lot of people have come over from Denver or been yeah. Broncos fans. You could almost fill it up with those fans because yeah. it's such a big city. Yeah. It's a horrible thing. I doubt how many you know serious LA Charger fans that are really out there. You know, you just move the city to the thing, and you just expect people to be like, "All oh, right, jump on board." Yeah, I don't. It's a I don't weird get it. thing to do. Well, it is, especially yeah. to move two teams there at once. You know, we don't need to get into that. But I mean, if we ended up being like the San Antonio Bengals or like the San Diego Bengals, or it would just be very weird. I mean, even the people of San Diego, they wouldn't want. Not, no, not to no offense to the Bengals, but they probably wouldn't want the Bengals turning up. Well, it depends what ownership is comes along with the bed but I think you know the who knows but I will say this again you know they need to start doing something on the field because I think and off it and off it because I think a lot of Bengals fans I mean it's obvious that they're absolutely sick of it mm. you know I mean I've been reading tweets today that people people have just turned up to the ta- Bengals fans ex-season ticket holders or current season ticket holders turning up to the tailgate having a few beers and then going home to watch the game because they just will not go into the stadium yeah and that's and that's really bad and you know you can't blame them you know they pay their money they take their choices but you know um i if i if i was there and i could afford a season ticket i'd be there every week yeah so would i you know without a doubt because again it's much more than actual the game itself and yes it's very depressing and yes it's very uh you know makes everyone really really angry the fact that they're having a shocker but to me, sport is actually more than just the game itself. It is going yeah, to the ground. It's having a few beers. It's making friends with people. It's having a laugh. It's well, it's us doing this know. podcast. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have to do it. We, it's not like, I hope it never gets to this, but it's not like, oh, we ain't going to do it this week because we just yeah, can't be bothered. Do you know what yeah. I mean? No, absolutely. And, you know, I've met you through this, which is, I don't know, still debating whether it's a good or a bad thing <laughs> or not. Uh, you know, met loads of fantastic people absolutely. through Bengals UK, which yeah, I yeah. never would have dreamed of 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how, some how, genuinely, how, like, quality people. Like yeah. me seeing Jimmy out in Japan. I know absolutely. Chris Hood went out and see, you know, people going people all over am, the world. And that's why, you know, this is my big thing. You know, I want to connect Bengals fans together. Mm. You know, like Chris, he got yeah. in touch with Jimmy and went... When he was in Japan. Yeah. You know, if you're a Bengals fan in Newcastle and you know of a few people down the road, well, I was going to say Sunderland, but, you know, or Middlesbrough, or somewhere in the northeast, you know, give them a call and get in touch with them. And, yeah, you know, yeah. That's go for a pint. Yeah. People in Sheffield who live in Sheffield didn't know each other before. Now, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's fantastic. That, to me, is, you know, at least thirty percent of the the what you know the fun of being a fan. But anyway, we could talk about this all night. Um, Jamie's got a real bee in his bonnet. Jamie Rowe at Trequart Beaster. Uh, let's talk about... I don't want to spend too long on this. Let's talk about received logic and groupthink among Bengals fans. Last night, some idiot fan sent me a fairly abusive tweet for challenging the orthodox view that Carson Palmer was a quitter. 
My point was that Palmer stood up to the Brown family. And it was this action which led him to him ceding control of managing team affairs directly to Katie Blackburn and Duke Tobin, a small uh, but at the time successful change. We see similar orthodoxy in thinking about a potential AJ Green trade and he's had the odd injury and he's ageing a bit, but we surely must accept a trade, right? Right? Well, no. It's the prevailing view among certain fan journalists, but it's utterly wrong in my view. AJ's injury gives us the opportunity to get him back on a lower amount. I have no doubt that his skills will survive ageing. He has built himself on sure-handedness, not physicality. A few things to ch- I don't want to get into the Carson Palmer thing, really. It's, uh, I mean, why? Um, I obviously Jamie had a had a power with someone on on the interweb last night, so he's got to be in his bonnet about that. Um, uh, I for me, I will six a dozen half, uh, six or one half a dozen of the other. I'd say on that. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of think you know I didn't blame him actually. Um, I thought he was great for you know certainly the early part of his career was fantastic for Cincinnati and got us on the map again. I will say this, listen, for me, sports people come and go, right? It is, it is, sport is a revolving door business, you know. Uh, And Carson was fantastic for us in the early part of his career. And then he challenged, Jamie's right, he challenged Mike Brown and Mike didn't like it. My only, uh, both were entitled to that actually. But what I wish Mike Brown would have done is started, you know, if someone doesn't, if I'm a GM, if someone doesn't want to be on my team and start kicking up a fuss, I'm shipping him straight away because mm. it, it becomes toxic very, very quickly. Uh, so that's my opinion on, on Carson Palmer. It's just, you know, sports people come and go, you just got to get used to it. And the fact is he didn't want to play for us anymore. Um, and I understand there's a lot of emotion involved with Carson Palmer because he's, you know, he's one of the reasons why a lot of Bengals fans, you know, started supporting the team really mm. of that generation. He was quality in his prime. Absolutely. He's probably a top five quarterback. Mm. Um, AJ Green, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know what you mean. AJ could do a job in this league for three more years. Another, I mean, look at Larry Fitzgerald last night. He was still in a do, yeah. doing a job in the slot, and you know, pulling BW Webb's trousers down in the first half. Now, BW played much better in the second half, but yeah, you've got to get out. <laughs> you've got to get your man BW Webb in there. I mean, he was he was having a shocker in that first half. Don't though. say that. I know. Okay, what about if he's listening? That's what relations, relations are all about. Uh, trying to go treat him mean, keep him keen. It's all about you? honesty, Nathan. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it makes, but equally it makes sense. You know, he is our most uh, sellable product, isn't he? He is our biggest asset or, you know, yeah, he is. I think he is our biggest asset. So the, the question for me is, you know, you sorry, get- Martin Greer at Martin Greer, 73 is also asking the question about, you know, do we trade AJ? Do we trade someone like Gino? You know, and of course, Jason Lacanfora came out and said he'd been talking to various GMs who said that, you know, they would give up a, a first for AJ. Fuck, I find that hard <coughs> to believe, you know. I do find it hard to believe that they do. I mean, the thing with AJ Green is like, you know, it's more the fact of do you want to pay him an extension? And if so, how much? That's really what it comes down to. I mean, you can talk about, okay, yeah, we could get a pick for him. And if he leaves anyway, you don't trade him. You still probably get a third round pick the year after just for the compensation. But 
is do you want to pay him? You've put a lot of money into Tyler Boyd. His contract's up. If he was in a, a five, you know, year two of a five-year contract, I think I agree with Jamie. Keep him on board, absolutely. I, you know, you go and get a third-round pick. You go and get Jermaine Pratt. It's like you'd rather green all day, you know. Yeah. I think and that's why I'd be it's shocked got, if it anyone has gave to make more us than better. That. And yeah. frankly, with with uh, Duke's <laughs> Duke's drafting record recently, it's not been the brilliant. Drafts always. If you go outside the first round, a lot of the time it's yeah. a crapshoot. No, absolutely, it really is. And I think someone like Green still easily a Pro Bowl. If he's healthy, a Pro Bowl level talent. Mm. You know, no, I agree with that. I think it's fantastic, he, and it would be absolutely devastating to see him go. But it is a way to do it. That's all I'm saying. It's a way to, to blow this up. We're, we're right on teetering on the edge, aren't we? It's like that film, the Italian job, and it where they're teetering yeah, on the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, do we go full rebuild or do we try and sort of stagger onwards and try and sort of get some weapons a bit? You know, yeah. it's like, where are we with that? And I think... And then the question is, do we want to just finish 10, 6 and 10, 5 and 11, 4 and 12 and think, oh, we won a few games, nice one. Or do we actually kind of say, look, enough's enough. This has to... You know, we need to get extra picks. We need to be more aggressive in mm. roster, roster management and, and compilation. You know, so I don't know. I wouldn't be. I'm not. I don't know because I don't think the Bengals are that sort of organisation. Yeah, I think. I think. So I wouldn't be surprised either way, actually. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I like. I think someone said earlier these fan journalists in their wet dream sort of scenario. It's get all these picks, you know, go into the draft with three first rounders, three second rounders, you know, all these picks, rebuild the team completely, get all these great people in and start something new. Yeah. And you could still build the old way. You can still, you know, every year you could be aggressive in free agency. You can make some trades. You can still have a draft. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. The, it's, the answer's not always just to completely sell that everyone and go on this mad draft spree. No, no. And... I don't know. We could, that's what we probably should have done this off season. We just didn't do it. No, I we agree, weren't aggressive agree. enough in free agency. Absolutely, and it was very Trades not, well. not. You know, you can say Jonah Williams got injured, but someone like Drew Sample is a head scratching pick. Well, it is now when you look at the the amount he's being used, and he's he was never going to be more than the third tie because you went and paid Uzama and you well, paid Eiffel. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the weird thing with Drew Sample now. You know, there was conflicting um, reports, wasn't there? There was. It was like kind of. Oh, you know the Rams' offense doesn't doesn't use tight ends very much, so it's like okay, so we've just signed Eifert and Uzama. Fine, we've got our tight ends, so we've just drafted another one, even though we're not using. Yeah, tight ends. yeah. And then the other side, of, and then people said, oh yeah, the, the the new scheme we're fantastic for tight ends. So it's like okay, understand if that's the case. Yeah, then yeah. We've got now a nice tight end room, you know, but we're not using tight ends at all. No, uh, hardly. Uh, a little bit more this game. Um, and we're not using samples. So suddenly you do start to think, what were they doing in mm. round two? And he might go on to be a very good player, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, still know, too still, early. Still, still far out. too early. But um, do you know what? It's, it is a, it, it's, it's looking more and more a head-scratching decision, I have to say. Um, so uh, And also, as I said earlier, you know what? You know, if you come off to poor seasons you want impact from your rookies you don't want projects that might be good and as you say I know the draft is a crapshoot but you want you want as close to surefire contributors as you can I think Jonah Williams probably would have been wouldn't he yeah 100% 100% and you know hopefully Pratt will be as the season goes on I'm Mm. really hoping it anyway Ross at Dalton to AJ 
You just have to think that we'll win one of these games eventually. Yesterday hurt us at the end, but for the most part of it, it was grim watching. I don't want us to tank. Want a few wins under our belt. Just can't wait for Wembley to see everyone's miserable faces. (laughs) Fair play is a good tweet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And of course, you know, Wembley is fast approaching. The London game versus the Rams on Sunday the 27th. And we'll be keeping you up to date with what's going on and where to go and all the rest of it. Uh, between now and then, really. Um, Richard Jones at Always Open 85. <laughs> Solid handle. I would say we would be mad to get rid of any of our better veterans, excluding Dalton, the likes of Green, Gino and Dunlap. We are going to have a top three pick this coming draft and I feel we need to keep the talent here to help a rookie QB. Thoughts? That's a fair point. Yeah, you know, you, you, don't want to you know, as Jamie was alluding to, you know, if AJ does stick around and does finish his career in Cincinnati, um, you know, thirty-five, thirty-six year old, still in, you know, in the slot, you know, has got that kind of Teddy sharing and one step, he lost his pace, but one step ahead <laughs> in his brain. Green's only thirty-one. Isn't he? I know, but I'm just yeah, saying, you know, like, years down in line. a young yeah, quarterback, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, he might be invaluable. So it's a fair point, I think. Captain Obvious at Bengals Captain. Our end zone was loud at the end, despite so many leaving after Arizona's last TD. Impressive. And shows the fans fighting as much as the team is. Lots of work to be done to scheme around the losses. Offensive line and wide receiver. Four quarters like our our last two drives on offense, and we roll. Yep, but we haven't done it yet, and we have to. We have to put, you know, we have to put a decent half together. We have to put a decent three quarters. You know, we need... Just so... Maddening at the moment. Really. Bengals captain sounded slightly different this week. I noticed. Oh, you know, last well, week. Maybe, it... <laughs> uh... <laughs> what maybe. do you mean? Bengals captain last week. He, he <laughs> there was he that. is. He's back. How you doing? That's Bengals captain here. So I am. So you are. <laughs> so it was. You, you said it was loud in that end zone last night. Well, exactly. Very loud last week. <laughs> Yesterday, even. It was great. <laughs> Bengals bomb squad. <laughs> Anyway, I promised I wasn't going to do the accents today. But <laughs> we lost. You have to do the accents. That's I know. All. Right, okay. If we lose, I do the keep doing really. one accent a week until we win. Yeah. We're going to finish off with Mike Smith, whose birthday it was yesterday. Happy birthday to you, Mike! At solid underscore handle. Solid handle. If Williams, Green, etc. are fit, we are zero and five. I don't think so, but around two and three mark. Until all the starters are fit, we can't fairly assess whether Zach Taylor is the man. Let's write off this season, but as fans, we come out with some great humour and f- and the f- everyone mantra. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I think you're right. You know, we can't, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we're down to four string left tackle, but there are issues here, I think, that need to be addressed uh, or else we are going to have a bit of a shocker. But you're right, it's too early to judge Zach completely. I, I personally think there will be changes in the off-season. But how many more games have we got to go? Got Another 11. 11. So we've got, to, we've got to see how this season goes. Hopefully, I'm hoping there's going to be a few more twists and turns. I hope we get four wins. I really, that, that to me is almost at this stage where I want to go. If you went four and, what would it be, four and seven the rest of the way at least yeah. showed some imp- like, you got, like I said it's got to be improvement yes I want to see individual improvement I want to see people come on I want to see a bit of you know a bit of development a bit of excitement because apart from a little bit of that Seahawks game maybe after that Seahawks game it felt a little bit 
disappointing. Not just the losses, but the actual, like I said, the scheme, the yeah. play calling. Yeah. You know, it's just felt a little bit. Yeah. And of course, we have to play this week or else we're going to get absolutely battered by oh, the Ravens. Mate, on the road as well. On the road. Honestly, I mean, they do things that do not suit our defence very well at John all. John Arbar's a magician. I, I, honestly, if you had to grab, apart from obviously you Belichick. You love him. John Arbar is quality a coach, mate. Oh, he's a, he's an absolute master he is. Well, let's hope we're not embarrassed uh, this coming week. Do you have got any chance? Well, do you know what? Normally we play the Ravens pretty closely and pretty tightly, don't we? Mm. And we have won quite a few times against it. But that was with Joe Flacco. Yeah. as quarterback that very much old school kind of guy in the pocket stand in the pocket you just don't know what Jackson's going to do and um, with Mark Ingram on board as well who I really rate they've got a couple of injuries don't they one of their defensive uh, one of yeah. their safeties has gone down for the season right. I think Hollywood Brown might be uh, yeah. might be out but I just think Jackson will cause us too many problems now I'm hoping that we put a plan in place as we did with Russell Wilson because he is also a slippery customer. Mm. Um, but Quite you know, unbelievable, he Wilson. T- teams just know how to attack us now. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, so anyway, we'll see. We'll, we, whatever, rain, shine, lose, win, draw, uh, we will be back next Monday. Well, I will be back next Monday. I'll be in Chicago next in the, well, the we Windy go. City. Jason, um, Jason, what was called you? Jason, you look like a Jason tonight with your sports kit on. Um, yes, Nathan is on his jollies again. Um, uh, but I will be back next week and I will be talking to some of you on the telephone. So until that moment, uh, that uh, highly anticipated and eagerly awaited moment, it's a who day from me and who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.